0: Hey, my name's Steph. You may know me better as moving forward, looking forward from Instagram or Facebook or my new shortened version, MFLF, which does look a little bit like MILF, but hey, I'm going to run with it anyway. wanted to thank everyone for the feedback I received after posting my first podcast yesterday. I was inundated with inboxes and comments and suggestions and appreciation for some of the topics that I spoke about and I didn't realize how many emotions I'd actually tap into yesterday with my first podcast. I will be expanding on a lot of the topics, particularly that of bullying and I want to cover it from the perspective of not just being bullied for being big but also being bullied for being different. That's going to be something I'll cover shortly because it's something I really need to move on from. It's a topic that's brought me a lot of grief over the years because it's something that continues to happen to me today as early as last week actually when I was running around in my bike pants and I was told to cover up. Anyway today's topic I'm going to start talking about how I started and I'm going to break this up into three bits. I want to cover them into what I believe to be the three steps of making it work. When I say it, I'm talking about my lifestyle that I've adapted over the last 18 months. Now, before I go on, I'm not an expert at anything other than what I've lived. So I'm sharing with you my lived experience. I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a PT, none of that. I am just a person who's been able to Keep consistent and get results over the last 18 months by doing what I'm doing. And that's what I'm hoping to share with you. And that's what I'm hoping you can pick up a couple of things from, obviously, if if that's what you're wanting to do. So, how did I start? Well, (laughs) it's really hard to say because one day I woke up and I decided I'd had enough. And that was it. Literally, that's what it was. I had ordered Domino's desserts the night before. I'd ordered the chocolate mousse, I'd ordered the churros or churros, I don't know what they're called. I'd ordered the pancakes, I'd ordered the ice cream, the thick shakes, anything you can think of I'd ordered. And I ate them. And I didn't eat all of them because obviously I'd feel quite sick if I did so. But I ate most of them and this isn't the first time I've done it. I don't remember why. I did it but normally when I would eat something like that to that quantity of that type of food it was related to an emotion and that's why it's really hard for me to be able to tell you what changed for me that morning when I woke up and I'm going to share a visual image here I do apologize for anyone who's a visual person like me I've got a mirror next to my bed on my wardrobe and I like to sleep naked because it's more comfortable. I sat up in bed that morning after eating all those desserts and I saw myself in the mirror and I didn't like what I saw. I didn't like what I looked like. I didn't like how I felt. I I just didn't like what was staring back at me and I decided from that moment to change something. And I looked at some of the things that I had been eating. My pantry looked just like what a lot of other people's pantries look like. I had white flour, white rice, white pasta, muesli bars, cake mix, sugar, just your general pantry items. That's what mine looked like. And whilst I didn't eat a lot of takeaway and whilst my diet was quite balanced, I was overeating. And sometimes I would have two meals. So I would dish up dinner and then I'd order Domino's later on down the track or Macca's or whatever else was on menu log at the time, because quite frankly, I didn't want to go out that time at night. So when I decided that it was time to make a change, I realized that I needed to make a drastic change. And I looked up a diet in my email. I remember being sent some kind of meal plan from something that I'd subscribed to a long time ago. I opened it up, had a look at it, decided, right, I'm going to do it. And I started with the first meal, which was a banana smoothie. And I continued on with the second meal, which I can't quite remember what it was. But I also needed to have a snack in between that. After a couple of days, I ended up with a massive headache. Now, I experienced migraines and I was really concerned that it may be a migraine and like, oh my God, I don't want to end up in hospital because as you would have heard in my previous podcast, that's what's happened in the past. I end up having to go to hospital and have lagactyl infusions and morphine and if that doesn't work, I have acupuncture and water and... I really didn't feel like going down that path. So I had a look at the food. I had a look at the stuff that I'd been eating and I realized that I had quit refined sugars. I turned into one of those, I quit sugar mums. And oh my God, I was so, to begin with, a bit embarrassed because I used to laugh at those people that you'd see with their vibrant skin and their active where down the street in the morning going oh i feel so great cuz i haven't had sugar and i think oh god i never want to be like that but you know what just between you and i i am <laughs> but i'm definitely not one of those ones that go and tell everyone what they should be eating what they should be doing i just watch on in interest and and observe but yeah i quit sugar and when i say i quit sugar that's a term in itself that creates a bit of an argument because I get people on Instagram particularly coming back to me saying oh you can't quit all types of sugar that's impossible no I haven't I haven't quit all types of sugar I've quit refined sugars so I have natural sugars I have coconut sugar I have fructose that you find in fruit I will have things that aren't found in say milk chocolate and I occasionally will have a glass of orange juice but I also if you follow me you would know I do on occasion eat ice cream and I do on occasion have chocolate because my way of eating is definitely not cutting everything out and if someone said to me hey look you know what you're going to lose weight but you're never going to be able to have a freddo frog a slice of pizza or a glass of wine for the rest of your life I'm not doing that. I'm not interested in doing that. So the way I eat is in moderation. I have a balanced diet. If I want to have chocolate, I will have chocolate. I just won't have the whole block. And I think it's about introducing those changes and having an understanding of your limits, having an understanding of the amount of food you can eat versus the amount of food you should eat versus the amount of food you actually feel like eating. And that's some of the stuff that I've learned over the last 18 months and It's not something I've learnt straight away. You can read a couple of different books and a couple of different articles, but you're still going to learn. And that's what I'm discovering. So I'll probably listen back to this in a year's time thinking, oh my gosh, you thought you sounded smart, but you actually had no clue. But I know what I know at the moment and I know what I'm doing works. So predominantly I'm a clean eater, but yes, I did quit refined sugars i emptied out my pantry and i remember this day really well i gave all of my food to my best friend who gratefully accepted it and i started replacing it with foods that were part of my new eating plan so if i have a look in my pantry now you'll find coconut sugar you'll find quinoa you'll find wholemeal pasta you'll find Things that I'd never ever used before and I use daily now, like coconut flour. My gosh, that's expensive, but I use it because I know it's better for me. Things like coconut oil because I was at that stage where I was ready to change. That's. And it's funny how now when people ask me for some suggestions on how to change their lifestyle, I suggest to them that I take small steps at a time simply because I can't really tell you what it would be like to go cold turkey if you woke up one morning deciding right that's what I'm going to do without having that light bulb moment which I have no idea where that came from I really wish I did because I'd bottle it and share it with everyone but I'm glad I did it and I once again compare it to smoking which you'll hear me do a lot over my podcast because it's something that a lot of people can relate to as being an addiction I was addicted to sugar I was addicted to food and of course coming off something you're addicted to is difficult and changing those habits of addiction is difficult but that's another topic on its own I decided from that point to also get my family involved so I was three or four days in and it was almost Halloween so yeah we do do the trick-or-treating thing yeah my kids do like their lollies I make sure they're called lollies not candy though so that makes me a good parent but I wanted them to be able to go and do their trick-or-treating and that's when I decided right they're going to get involved as well I want to teach them some of the things that I've learned over the last few days and One thing I've learned about being big over the last several years is most big people know the sorts of foods they shouldn't be eating more than what a smaller person would be and I'm not really worried if people agree with that or not but I I know what I should be eating and I know what I shouldn't be eating but what I really wanted to do was teach my kids what they should be eating as opposed to what they were eating And we weren't having takeaway every night. We weren't having rubbish every day. Their lunchboxes were balanced as what I would refer to it as. But I really wanted to get them involved so I could help them understand what's in their food, how to make a healthy meal. Healthy food doesn't have to taste bad, but I also wanted to put a stop to generational obesity. I do not want my kids going through what I have gone through. Over my life. And whilst it may not change this generation, the sorts of things that I am teaching my children, hopefully they'll pass to their children, who'll then pass to their children. And down the track, I'm hoping that the next generation of me are healthier people as a result of what I'm doing in my home with my kids today. We went through recipe books and it doesn't need to be any type of program. It can be anything you really like. I follow Healthy Mummy, which is a program that has worked for me, but you're able to find healthy recipes anywhere. If you're interested in following clean eating, Google it. There are plenty of different things that will come up. You don't even have to buy books. There are so many free recipes and I'm more than happy to share a couple of different websites that I've drawn from over the last 18 months, so you can have a look at the types of foods that there are. I don't have foods that sound healthy. For dinner tonight, I'm having chicken parma, but I'm cooking it in a healthier way. We have enchiladas, we have hamburgers, we have lasagna, we have fish, we have a lot of different foods that taste unhealthy, but they're healthy because they're prepared better, they're packed full of veggies, and they're they're good for you. And I'm really pleased that my kids enjoy cooking, they enjoy helping prepare the food, and they also enjoy good foods, but they also know that they're able to have bad foods. But as a result of our diet change, they also know that if they have bad foods, they're more than likely going to feel sick because of it. And I'll share a funny story. I recently attended one of my beautiful friend's weddings and there was a lolly bar and the kids that were there had been going up to the lolly bar they'd been taking lollies and they were all running around having an absolute ball as you do my children were sitting at the table behaving not that the other kids weren't behaving mind you but my children were just sitting talking to the adults they looked really bored (laughs) and I was pleased to have that compliment that my kids were behaving really well, but I thought, oh, my God, they look so sad. So I invited them to the lolly bar, said, look, go and have some lollies. And I'd actually said to them they could take some home. But sure enough, the twins went up and started eating lollies within 15 minutes. They were crazy. And it was funny because my daughter realized that once she started feeling like she was coming down from her sugar high she went and grabbed a few more lollies and topped herself up kind of like we do as adults when we're having a drink and we're starting to feel a little bit sober we might go and have another glass of wine or a shot of whatever we're having at that time and it was it was funny to observe and i i do that now with my kids i stand back and watch them and they know they're not going to feel well the next day they know that they're going to have a tummy ache but just like we do, we make choices and I'm glad now that they understand the consequences and I'm glad that they make better choices. And when we first quit sugar, we went to our local festival and my daughter wanted a show bag and she picked one without lollies and she actually came up to me and made a huge deal out of it. Mom, I got a show bag that didn't have lollies because I don't want to feel sick when I have too much sugar. So there's so many little things that make me think, wow, you know, we're ticking boxes here, we're kicking goals and it just makes me proud. And my kids still do have McDonald's from time to time. My kids still do have hot cross buns. They had a couple of them the other day. They do still enjoy these things, but in moderation. And I'm sure I've got a couple of people listening to me right now rolling their eyes thinking, oh my God, well, this is just obvious. For me, it wasn't. For me, I'd lost control over the sorts of things that I was feeding my children because I was eating them myself and they were starting to copy my habits. So roll your eyes all you'd like, but this is really important that I want people to know that my kids were watching me and I, as I said earlier, don't want them going through what what I've gone through. I think part of my success over the last 18 months has been making better choices. So I still have takeaway, but I have a healthy version of it. I love going and getting Nando's Superfuel Salad. It's a really overpriced, lovely chicken salad with quinoa, avocado, spinach leaves. It's gorgeous. I'd have that any day over KFC. I find making better choices is a lot easier as you do it more often and when you find foods that taste good. So when I feel like having takeaway, which I still do and I occasionally do have takeaway, I will go and get myself a chicken from Red Rooster because in my mind I'm like, yep, you've been through the drive-thru. You've ordered takeaway but it's actually chicken, which isn't bad for you. It's protein. If I feel like KFC, which – KFC – (laughs) KFC was my go to food. I think we've all got go to foods when we eat emotionally. And KFC was mine. I would always order, and when I say it out loud, oh my gosh, it's actually quite sickening a three piece feed. And if I didn't have a three piece feed, I'd have the original burger combo with three pieces of chicken. And when I got up to the drive-through window I would pay for the chicken and I would make sure that they had no wings because as we all know there's not a lot of chicken on the wings and I'm not wasting money by buying something that doesn't have a lot of food on it but then I'd tell the person who was taking my money that I didn't want the wings because I gave it to my animals and there's too many bones that wasn't true I just didn't want to be embarrassed that that person was thinking oh my god that lady's gonna eat all that food well yeah that was the case if I feel like KFC now though which I have felt like it over the last 18 months, I'll go and get the small potato and gravy or the small coleslaw. Now, the coleslaw is full of sugar. The potato and gravy is full of carbs. But once I've had a couple of spoons of either of them, in my mind, I'm like, yep, you've had KFC. It gets rid of the craving. So I'm a strong believer of having a tiny bit of whatever food you're craving, whether it's chocolate, whether it's pizza, whether it's anything, anything that you can think of, ice cream. Find a healthier version of it and eat it. If you can't find a healthier version of it, have a tiny bit of what you're craving because I think the more you crave something, the longer you crave it, the more likely you are going to give in to having a massive amount and then you're going to have instant regret. I have also learned over the last 18 months how food is a fuel for my body rather than a drug. And that's a really hard thing for me to say out loud because once again, I've probably got people rolling their eyes thinking, oh, food is a fuel, not a an emotional crutch. But that's what I use it for. That's how I got to where I got to. And realising that I, hmm, I'm not trying to think how to word this realizing that I still need food to keep myself alive but I don't need food to make myself happy was a really hard thing for me to come to the realization of because even now I still feel like overeating I still feel like binge eating I still feel like going out and eating heaps and heaps and heaps of food particularly when I'm unhappy it's more so when I'm sad that I feel like overeating as opposed to when I'm stressed I don't feel like eating at all So it's a matter of tapping into those emotions, working out when you feel like overeating and when you feel like you need to medicate yourself with food and and having an understanding of that. And what I suggest you do is if you are someone who overeats and you are someone who uses food as a drug rather than fuel for your body start keeping track of that write it down if you're a pen and paper person do a journal if, if you're more of a, a technologically advanced person chuck it in your notepad on your phone and write I felt like eating this because that happened and you will find that there's a pattern so for me I'll use last week as an example I was really, really upset at something that had occurred, which I'm not going to go into here. (laughs) I'll open a full can of worms. So I wanted to eat hot cross buns and chocolate cake. But instead of doing that, I had a handful of nuts and I had a couple of dark chocolate, chocolate buds, the cooking ones. Yeah, I was a bit desperate and I had an apple. And after that, I felt better because I'd had that sweetness. I'd had some chocolate. I had some nuts, which has protein, and that will make me feel fuller. But it's really easy to begin to notice a pattern when you are an emotional eater. And it's really easy to be able to start curbing those things once you realize what you're doing. And Once again, I'll compare it to smoking. They talk about when you give up smoking, how you should wait a couple of minutes before you have that cigarette. If you do want that cigarette, no different to food. If you feel like eating something, take some time to think about it. Take some time to write down, right, I want KFC because I've just had a huge fight with my friend And I don't want to eat it because I know I am going to have a really sore tummy and I'll spend all day in the toilet. Probably too much information. But that's what's used to happen to me and I didn't care because I just didn't care. I just wanted to eat KFC. But if you take that time out to write these things down, then you've given yourself a couple of minutes of breathing space where you can actually think to yourself, right, do I really want to do that? Do I really want to put those types of food in my body anymore do I really want to feel like that and start start thinking about it and I think there's a term for it I don't remember what it is I think it's mindfully eating or something like that so there is a, a term that you would be able to google and have a look at this into more detail but these are just the little things that i had been doing and I don't do them so much now because they're more of a habit I can do them in my head but I definitely, when I started out 18 months ago, these are the things I did. They help keep me accountable. And even now, I will go on Instagram and I'll do a story and I'll have a rant about, oh, I want to eat a burger or I want to eat chips or I want to eat a potato cake. It's natural to have those cravings. It's a natural to want those bad foods. It's just what we do after we have that feeling. And that is one way you can start eating healthier. And it's one way you can start identifying better ways of dealing with your feelings rather than eating them. And emotional eating is another topic on its own, I think. That's a huge thing that's been part of my life for a really long time. And like I said, something I still struggle with, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit that it's something that I still need to deal with. It's something I still need to address but it's definitely something I have under control at the moment and I'm not saying I'm not going to do it again one day last time that I ate emotionally in abundance was last year my mother was quite ill and I remember having some bad news about her progress And I ate Chinese and I ate chocolate and I ate heaps of it, heaps and heaps and heaps and heaps of it. And this was in March 2018. So given the fact I changed my eating habits in November, I hadn't eaten bad food for several months and I was sick for days. I was sick for days and days. Last time I ate like that, I can't actually remember. It wasn't too long ago. When was it? I think it was my friend's wedding, the one where my kids. Oh, yeah, it was (laughs) because I drank too much. That's right. That wasn't anything to do with food. That was because I had too much wine, which has sugar, which makes me headachy and feel sick. But I wanted to recommend a book to you. This book was recommended to me when I started talking about emotional eating. It's a really good book. I've found it really helpful. And I'll put the name of the book in the comments on my blog and also wherever else I can. I haven't really worked out this podcasting stuff yet, but it's called Food, The Good Girl's Drug, How to Stop Using Food to Control Your Feelings. And it's by a lady called Sunny C. Gold, so G-O-L-D. And she talks about binge eating disorder. Now, you don't have to have been diagnosed with binge eating disorder to get anything out of this book. I've never been diagnosed with binge eating disorder, but I do know that I have a problem with eating emotionally. And it talks about the way she feels. And I'll just read a passage that is online. She writes, while diet pills work during the day, they didn't keep me from eating at night or even sometimes during the afternoon when I was home alone. My junior of high school, I was selling candy bars for a fundraiser. One day after school, I ate one, then two, then three, then four. I couldn't stop. I ate half a dozen candy bars that afternoon and then spent the evening trying to make myself throw them up until my eyes were red and I was drooling into the toilet, but it didn't work. I couldn't get rid of the food and I couldn't stop eating. Over the course of the two-month fundraiser, I downed at least $40 worth of candy. At 50 cents a piece, that was 80 bars. 80 bars, she writes. And I can actually relate to that. My mother probably remembers this, actually. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh because it's not funny, but it kind of is. We had a fundraiser at school, it was M&M's, and I ate lots of them, like lots and lots and lots of them. And, of course, my mum had to pay for them because it was a school fundraiser. But I just, I wasn't thinking. And as an adult, eating whole pizzas... And eating those three piece feeds and having those Domino's desserts, they would make me feel better at the time. They would help me feel good about myself. They would help me accept whatever it was going on at the time. They'd make me feel full. And I didn't need to deal with the problem at hand, the problem that I was eating. For because I was eating I was self-soothing and once again it's the same as a cigarette you're stressed or sad or happy whatever with mates you go and have a smoke and it's the same sort of thing as food and food is a friend it's like once again cigarettes food was a friend it was always there always in abundance, whatever I felt like I could have. If I didn't have it, I'd go down the street and get it. And it becomes something that you can rely on. It becomes something that you can turn to at any time you want. And it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter whether you're a kid or an adult. If you start getting into that habit of of doing that, then it's going to be something that becomes a problem for you because it does become an addiction. I'm sure I've got some people who don't agree with me on that. That's fine. And I'm open for discussion and open for debate. But once again, I share my experiences solely. One thing I do wanted to close on was I ensure that I don't punish my kids with food. I stopped a long time ago rewarding them with an ice cream if they did well at school or not letting them have dinner if they'd done something wrong when they'd fallen over I made sure that if I was giving them an icy pole or something like that it was to help with shock if they were in shock I don't want them to associate emotions with food and that's one thing that I made sure I stopped as soon as I was doing it because I don't want them to think oh well I had a great week at work so I'm gonna go and have lots of food or I am really sad so I'm going to go and eat cake so it's been it's been a challenge when I first started doing it this was years ago way long before I started eating better it was a challenge to do it because I didn't actually realize how often I was doing it because as adults, that's what we do as well. We celebrate in, in those sorts of ways and food is such a huge part of any culture and we're no different. It's a huge part of our life and it's important to understand that it's fuel for our body. It keeps us alive. That's all it really is. Yeah, it tastes good. It's awesome. <laughs> and it's great to be able to, you know, go out for a meal and things. But if you're doing it more than you should be, then perhaps have a look at why you're doing it and perhaps have a look at what you can do about that. Of course, if that's what you're wanting to do. I hope this has been helpful. I hope you've gotten something from it. If you've got any questions, feel free to get in touch message me on instagram message me on facebook i still don't know what my email address is but i will find it and i will get back to you i hope you have an amazing day afternoon evening wherever it is wherever you are in the world and take care until next time i'll speak to you soon